Welcome to the I Am Woman Project. I'm your host, Catherine Plano. I am a creative soul adventurer, a modern day alchemist, and a transformational coach for entrepreneurs, businesses, leaders, and for those who want to break the cycle of convention and redefine success one step at a time. I am on a mission to empower the conscious people of this world, those who seek to learn, grow, understand and become the very best version of themselves that they can be. Every week we have thought leaders, change instigators and inspirational human beings from around the globe that offer you profound teachings and recent discoveries from the world of neuroscience, positive, cognitive and spiritual psychology to help you build wealth, health, love and achieve lasting transformation. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning, connection, and resilience into your life and your business. This week, I'm super, 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 super excited about our guest. We have the lovely Deborah Silverman. Deborah is part astrologer, part psychologist, part comedian and all real. She helps people turn on their inner observer to see the things they say and do in a totally objective way. Deborah has been in private practice for over 40 years. She uses astrology and her own system called the four elements as tools to help people step into their power. Deborah's mothering approach to understanding and empowering people from all walks of life has earned her international fame and admiration. She has written a book, magazine columns, hosted a radio show and has a YouTube channel with over 7 million views. She is dedicated to creating community and working for the children. Deborah believes the future is arriving and none of us can do it alone. She is an expert in embracing the feminine. Her ultimate dream is to revolutionize therapy by teaching therapists how to provide custom treatment to their clients. Deborah believes in the power of listening. When we are silent, both with ourselves and each other, the messages that are trying to come through us can be given a voice and we can all start walking our authentic and powerful path. It's now time to tune into this one very inspirational human being. Enjoy. Well, today I am super, super excited about our guest. We have Deborah Silverman. Silverman. I can't believe I just said that. Silverman. I love you said that. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, I'm so excited to have you on the show and I'm sure that our tribe will reach out once they get to know you like I know you. So we always love to ask our woman of inspiration, which is you, my dearest, her unique story. So Deborah, tell us what inspired you to do what you do today? You know, I think it was the dysfunctional family that I grew up in and the amount of absolutely bizarre and non-logical behavior that I witnessed, it made me so curious. Like, why do people do what they do? And how can some people act like that and someone else act like that? And that was the entrance, one, to me becoming a psychotherapist, but two, to becoming an astrologer and really celebrating how people are so different. 
and letting them be in their differences. I, that's like my favorite thing. So it all started with the dysfunction. I mean, how you can take the worst situation and turn it into a ball of wisdom. That was my, that was my goal. Mm. And I was, uh, before we came on the show for our listeners, I was just explaining to Deborah, astrology can be, can be quite complex. However, Deborah explains it in such an awesome way, a way that you can digest and uh, make sense of it. Of it. So let's talk about astrology. Um, what exactly is astrology? Uh, astrology. <laughs> I can't talk today. I don't know what it is. What is astrology? <laughs> I love that question. Well, it's a small science, as big as the sky. It goes on in every direction, and it has the story of every personality type on the planet. You know, just small stuff. It's an ancient. A uh, system that was put in place by a very high intelligence that includes the architecture of the human psyche brought to us through both its dysfunction and its psycho psychological challenges and also its strengths and its divinity. So it becomes this access point for a conversation about the most interesting topic, which is you, and being able to distinguish, like, what did she come in to do? What's her purpose? What's her stretch, stretch, strength? <laughs> What's her purpose? What's her strength? What's her challenge? But most of all, what was her promise? And that's really what astrology is. It helps me remind people of what they're doing here. Mm, I like that. I don't think I've ever heard that before. What's her promise? So is that more like uh, as a soul, we chose this life, this experience, and this promise to ourselves? You know, I've always been shy to say that someone picked their chart and picked their parents because I have no memory and I'm one of those super practical people. So it's a theory. But what I do know without a question is we're given assignments and the assignment is very clear when you look at a chart. You can look at a chart and detect this person has definitely come in to learn about and I, I speak for elements. That's how I simplify it. So some people came in to learn about their emotional body and they just suffer for not knowing how to deal with whether it's depression or it's sadness or it's too much sensitivity. Others, it's error. And they really can't find their words and they, their mind gets very confused. And it's hard to make decisions. For others, it is earth. And they, it's so hard to do practicality and money and for them being able to feel safe and secure just never goes away. And for some people it's fire and it's the boldness where they're like, why do I have to always stick my foot in my mouth? Why am I always, why am I always the one who pushes or starts things? And so we have four different categories and they describe purpose and promises. And it really, it's crazy how accurate it is. I love that. And I know that uh, you've probably got my chart in front of you. And I know I've got, what, triple water. So I've got lots of water and probably not a lot of earth. What does that tell you about my promise? Well, it's so interesting because you are actually quite balanced. You have two in water. Sorry, you have two in fire, two in air, two in earth, and four in water. So there's always a predominant element. But you are quite balanced. And it certainly tells me immediately the first category of water, you knowing how to deal with your sensitivity. Like you care so much. You can't ever walk past an animal or a child or someone who's been less privileged. You, your heart is on your sleeve. <laughs> mm, that's true. Very true. And you're, and you have to master this life, the, the ability to deal with that sensitivity and turn it into creativity. Cause at worst it could lean into addiction or escapism or fear, that's what water people suffer from. But at best, they're the musicians, they're the creators, they're the dancers, they're these incredible moms and they make a house and they decorate. And so there's an upside and downside to all the elements, all the signs.
Mm, I love that. I love the way they describe it. And for our listeners, I had a bit of a peek. There is a video by Sting uh, and describing Deborah's book, The Missing Element. And I love the way that he used the analogy of a car that basically all elements, so earth, air, fire and water are like the tyres of the car and you need all four. So did you want to talk us through your book and a little bit about the analogy? Love that sting at one point during that interview. He waves his hands above his head and he goes, I don't understand all those plans. But Deborah seemed to make it so practical. And th- that was a scary moment when I handed him the book, thinking, oh, God, because he's such a great writer. And I was like, no, I don't want to get his critique. But he liked it. <laughs> and he was willing to do that video. So that was a big coup. That is awesome. So talk us through the elements a little bit more because that probably links in, not doesn't probably, it links in with your book, The Missing Element. Yes, it's the essence of the book. So the book is all about the observer, that if you can step back and look at yourself from a distance and not be so identified, like in your case, to your sensitivity, like, yes, you are very water and you have an incredible sensitivity to people, smells, colors, the way things feel, the way somebody's energetic body is like you, you get like assaulted. So that's the emotional experience. But then there's this thing called the observer where you watch yourself from a distance you turn on the objective witness and you say, oh, I'm so sensitive. I wonder why I always do that. And that's the essence of the book is turning on the observer, figuring out there's a little test at the beginning of the book. What was the predominant element that you're operating with? And what's the missing element, the title of the book? And then how do you turn on your observer and stop judging it, but actually cultivating it, like actually growing the one that feels the most unnatural. And by the way, you are, I don't know where you got the idea you didn't have earth because you're balanced. Okay, so I just remember uh, a little while ago when I had had a look at my elements because um, I guess astrology depends on. We focus a lot on, I guess, the planets, the archetypes, and I know that different astrologists uh, focus on different elements as well. So whether it's like for you, you're very much about the um, the elements of uh, earth, air, fire, and water. So I think it's – and it's that conversation we were having before we got on the show that everyone kind of focuses and teaches it in a different way. So I'd love to unpack what you see and how do you see it that it is balanced? So because you have two in water – sorry, four in water, two in air, two in earth, two in fire, that water element is definitely primary. And the earth element would be – I could see how someone might tell you that because it's outer planets. But the thing about astrology is it's so complicated – And as you said, and what I love to do is make it really simple and put it into English and make it really grounded. So I simplify with whatever's going on in your life right now is firstly most important, like what's the theme? And when you take that test in the book, you clearly identify with the moment of what element is showing up. But you know how you go through eras, how things change? And by the way, you're in a big change this month, just so you know. Um, But the the eras change all the time and we need to know when those cycles are that we shift. And this is the gift for me about the astrology part is the timing, but the essence of your personality and the cycle that you're in can be learned without having to get technical with all the astrology and just simplify it to what's the elemental flavor of the day? What's the timing? Like, did you, have you felt this month? Like you've just gone through a change here. We are in April besides this crazy moment that we're in. I know. I feel like there is definitely a pull. Like I'm, I'm. Uh, well, I don't watch the news. As you said, I'm very sensitive, so I don't watch the news. I don't read the news. I'm living my own little bubble, my own little world, and I feel that there is a shift and a change, but I can't put my finger on it. 
Okay, let me help you. So you've gone from, I'm going to speak elements now. The last two and a half years has been all about relationship and socializing and your spirituality and really wanting to get connected to the beloved. Now, just last month, you're shifting to saying, you know what, leave me alone. I want to go inside. I don't want to be around people as much. You're going to find the next two and a half years a more introspective and also your body coming into focus, like wanting to put more attention. Now, this is based on your birth time. And I see here your birth time is exactly on the hour, which very few people are born on the hour. Where did you get that from? Um, from my mother and my my, um, my birth certificate. I was born in France. So it was, right it was bang on 10, 10 okay. p.m. So you should be feeling a transition from social to feeling more of a desire to be quiet, a little bit more emotional, just literally this month. So the cycle is just shifting. It's called the progressed moon, you may have heard of. Mm -hmm. And it's just changing as we speak. So it would feel more subtle and more like your emotional body was suddenly feeling a little more introverted. Have you noticed that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I've actually really enjoyed this time. I've, I feel yes. that this time it's almost like a calling to slow us down. Yes, it fits your chart. You love being still and yes. being in family zone and being creative in your own little head. <laughs> mm -hmm. I do. Absolutely. You have a very creative chart. I don't know if you know this, but you have one other outstanding quality, which is the centerpiece of all my work is Saturn. All of my astrology school. I have a school online. It only happens twice a year in September and in January. And the school teaches people in a six-week period the beginning of astrology and the second level two is the nuts and bolts. And then level three, people come and study with me directly and I get to watch them do readings. But what would stand out in your chart in our system is that you were born under the influence of Saturn, which tells me that you came in with a very strong purpose and it never leaves you alone. You never get a break. Like it's always like, okay, Catherine, what are you doing now? You've got this little man on your shoulder and he is relentless. Am yes. I right or am I right? Oh, you're so right. Yeah. And the stop. The good news is you're going to age really well. You're going to get younger as you get older, but you should have been old when you were young. Were you? Yes, I was. I was very much so. I was very, uh, my, when we came to Australia from France, I literally was the mother of my uh, brother and sister while my mum and dad worked hard. So I, and then, and then I moved out of home when I was 16. So absolutely, I had uh, the responsibilities of a, an adult. I was cooking. I was, I was doing everything. I can totally see that. So the good news is you've grown up and you paid your due, so to speak. It's like you've had, you did hard labor early on. Um, the bad news is it was hard as a kid. The good news is you're going to get younger and younger as you get older. Oh, that's good. We all love that, don't we? And it means you age well too, that you're, that you, you're youthful because you've got this passion. The big thing that I want to say to your audience, and it's so deep at this moment while we're inside of our houses in quarantine, is your purpose is an inside job. No matter what it is you do, how much you see our scene, and you and I both have a public presence, and people watch my videos, and I have 8 million hits on one set of videos in YouTube, big deal. That's the outer me. But the real work is the inner you, and that's described by the rising sign. Why we call it, it's called the rising sign because you're rising into it, the ascendant. You're ascending. So it's your higher self. People often miss that about the rising sign. And that's where, and so for you, it's so beautiful because you're Scorpio. You're a double Scorpio, for God's sake. You are so deep and sensitive and care so much. Does it hurt sometimes that you care so much? 
Oh, absolutely. Like I always say it, I'm very much an empath. And even when I used to run classes, well, not not lately, but uh, I could feel almost when somebody had a headache and I would look at them yep. and say, are you okay? And they, they would look at me in a really strange way and i say, do you want some Panadol? Without them saying anything. So absolutely, I've, I almost like pick up on other people's pain. Not almost. You do. You're a double Scorpio. So this is what you learn in studying astrology in my system. I make it very simple. It's not complicated. You're triple water. Water absorbs everything. It cleans things, but it makes everything. It takes the dirt. Water takes all the negativity and absorbs it and leaves it clean in the back of it. So there's something to be said about, you know, I'm sure you've learned how to protect yourself and how to keep your energy clean, how to not watch the news and not let yourself get captured by that bad spiral that goes down into the negativity. You've got to really, and your Saturn's got so much discipline. Once you know how to keep structure in your life, that's the biggest thing for you, Catherine. You must have structure. Yes, I know. Isn't it interesting? And I always say, because I know that with water, it needs to be contained. Um, and I know for me, like boundaries is really important and structure is also very important because I think if I don't have a structure in place, I can get lost with my creativity. I can go um, up into the clouds and start, you know, getting lost. Yes, said the Pisces. Where did she go? Catherine yes. Piano, come back, please. I love the fact that you call me Catherine Piano. I love it so much. It makes me so happy. The point of that story is Pisces can make up stories and she can be Liberace's daughter and your imagination can take you off planet. So how important it is for you this life to have structure and ritual and discipline and follow through and then things get so much simpler. You you are built to be the one that provides structure, even though Pisces hate that. Mm. Like, can't we, well, can't we just free fall and do whatever we want and get lost in space? No, we'll never find you again. Yeah. And isn't it interesting because I hear myself quite often, I'll say things like, I'm not into detail. I like, I'm the big picture kind of person, but, uh, and that's not my default position detail, but when I get into the detail, it helps me build structure. Totally. That's exactly your chart. You have yeah. this opposition between Virgo and Pisces. Everyone has patterns that astrology describes. So it becomes very obvious when someone's like, I have all these, I have I think there's 13 certified astrologers that I have endorsed. I've trained them and they do readings on my website. And I love to watch how they will. And everyone says this. Once you learn a very simple system of how to dissect the chart, how to unpack it, it becomes very clear that you can say to someone, here's a permission slip. You know, you're a little eccentric. Here's the definition. In your case, you are extremely creative. And if, if left alone for too long, we're going to lose her. So mm. please keep the ball and then you're like okay thanks because you love giving you know being given directions you're not the person that's going to rebel unless it's somebody you don't like but you have a real gift when there's a task to be done you're on it mm, so true so true so I'd like to shift gears a little bit and maybe sort of talk through why psychology and astrology are best friends oh my goodness well first Carl Jung said psychology will be a dinosaur science until it includes astrology so Think about that. Psychology came in 1930 when they found Pluto and they discovered the unconscious mind. We never had a term for the unconscious mind until Freud and Jung. And that is a really important doorway that gave us permission for the first time because our grandparents didn't know what therapy was. For the first time in this entire planetary existence, we began to realize, oh, there's this thing called an unconscious mind that you can shape. 
And if you go to a good therapist, they can help reduce those negative patterns by becoming aware. What Jung called it was making the unconscious conscious. Such a beautiful way to put it. And then astrology over on the other side of the table, that came with this architecture. Like I'm going to describe the personality types and all these metaphors and all these different myths. And you'll be able to see the characters of everyone. You combine that with the psychology of your childhood and your unconscious mind's imprint. And we can create an incredible description of why you are who you are, help you fall in love with you and your fate. And then life gets so much easier when you're not fighting. Like I just finished a session with a client before we got on here and she was saying after working with me, and I rarely do therapy anymore, but I've got, again, some really good trained people. But she was saying, I'm not fighting anymore with my boyfriend, with my, like I realized what was I doing all the time arguing with myself? She's a double Aries. And, and she got it. I can be in love with who I am and she's falling right in front of my eyes. Mm. It's so true. Like I think for me, I mean, I, I explain it to you. The very, I started astrology in my 20s, mid-20s, and it got really complex and I stopped. And then I, I've started again probably about three and a half, almost four years ago. And um, I can't tell you, every time I sit in front of my chart and learn more about myself, I have these epiphanies or these insights and a better understanding and a better appreciation and acceptance of who I am. I love that. My new line is the Aquarian age has astrology center stage. Like this is the new era about us being able to be acceptable for being different and mm -hmm. ask really hard questions like what's my promise like how am I different how can I be comfortable my our grandparents and their grandparents never had these conversations we are in the future ding yeah. ding ding announcement turn to your left you are now in the future so true so talk us through obviously we're all uh, experiencing what we we are experiencing right now and I really believe it's a bit of a calling for us to slow down and stop from an astrological point of view, is it something that you think the astrologists were able to see or predict or it was completely out of scope? Definitely predictable by the astrologers. There's a configuration between at that moment when it came in, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn and Mars, Jupiter, Saturn and Pluto. All four of them were standing together in Capricorn. March 23rd was the new moon and it was like, the craziest moment where everything was squaring everything. So we knew something radical was going to happen. This is the first time in 30 years that Saturn re-entered Aquarius. That happened also the last week of March. We are in a transitional phase. I would say the translation would be Plutonian, mostly more than anything. It's Pluto saying we are going to destroy and create governments. So we are no longer dependent on the outer world. We must call ourselves in. It's an inside job. Now, that's all jargon. The short answer is yes, astrology has a lot of power in describing what's happening. The longer answer is no one knows what to do. <laughs> so it's not the best of times in the name of comfort, but it is the best of times in the name of change. And by the way, the only way that we could get our attention was an eensy beensy little virus that came in and said, stop, because everyone, the fires, the hurricanes, the, you know, Greta coming across the oceans, like everywhere you looked, there was somebody screaming, stop, and nobody heard a word. Mm, it's so true. Absolutely so true. The other thing that I'd really love to unpack is eclipses and retrogrades. I know we're, we're hitting retrograde. I think the next one will be uh, June the 18th to July the 12th. Is that correct? Do you want to talk you know, us through, through retrograde? I don't really like to do this. I, I do it with my students because it's a lot of jargon. Okay. I like 
A better question is, how do we make use of this unbelievable time when retrogrades occur and when eclipses occur? How do we make use of it? Well, the eclipse that happened January 20th, which was really impactful for the planet, was between Cancer and Capricorn. And it's exactly what's going on right now. We can't, Capricorn, this is the end of the Capricorn era, Pluto and Capricorn. I was just mentioning it. Yeah. Here I go doing jargon again. But the, the flip side was that eclipse with the moon and Cancer. And what it was saying is, everyone, pay attention to your emotional body doesn't matter what's going on in the stars. It matters what's going on in your household. How are you emotionally dealing with this unbelievably stressful time? How are you emotionally dealing with your kids? How are you dealing with your body? How are you dealing with your partner? How are you dealing with your parents? What is the wisdom body? Is it showing up or are you captured by the fear? Because there's so much. Whatever's going on in the heavens, the translation is we are so out of control. And I'm so glad because it needed to break. It's so true. And I, I agree. I think I look at retrograde as a, a way to go in and sort of what I like to do is really I do I do a lot of journaling and writing, uh, really work with that shadow aspect of um, oneself and the limiting beliefs. I like to go really deep, as you were saying before. Um, and so that's why I look at retrograde as a way to slow down and go within. Exactly. But that's what we are in a retrograde without even being in a retrograde. That's true. It's, it's the, that's what I mean by astrology can just become jargon. The short answer is you don't have to look up at the heavens. You can hear them screaming retrograde. Like everybody sit down. Everybody pick up their head. Now you answer this question. What are you supposed to be doing right now? Because you know. Should you be cleaning earth? Should you be feeling your emotional body and being more vulnerable water? Should you be communicating air? Should you be getting super excited and getting outside and not getting stagnant fire? You know what you should be doing. Mm, so true. So from an astrological point of view, do you see when this is going to start to shift or lift? You know, I get scared even answering that because if I just tell you the pure astrology, the end of April, when the sun goes into Taurus, it hits Uranus, it, it squares Saturn. It's There's just not a positive transit until there's a little bit of a reprieve um, at the end of Gemini when we enter into Cancer, which will be in um, late June. But it's not, we are in a end of an era and destruction never comes easy. So it's not a short experience. It's like death and birth. You never know when that moment is, when someone's going to be born or when someone's going to leave, but you have to live in that transitional. We are in a midwife. All of you listening are midwives. You're in this transition astrologically. I can describe it, but it's more important that you figure out your wisdom and what your role is. Like you clearly are a communicator. So you're coming here and you're stimulating me and us, you and I, to give people some wisdom. And you're asking really good, hard questions. But each one of you listening, you know what I'm telling you. This is my new favorite line. You know what you need to do. It's just that we can't get stagnant right now. And we can't complain and we can't feel victimized by this. We needed this. Yeah. How else are we going to wake up? You tell me. Nothing else worked. The fires in Australia, the unbelievable hurricanes that went through this country, the unbelievable climate change that's so obvious in the Arctic. Nothing stopped us. So true. And you know what? I even said um, the not that long ago, we asked for this because over the last three and a half years, every single individual we've had on the show, we've talked about how everything's going so fast, we're going so fast, and then we're talking about the the health of the planet. And, you know, now it's almost like this was meant to take place for us to slow down and the planet is healing from it. 
Yes. I mean, you're hearing some most amazing things all over the world that's taking shape now because we're at a, at a standpoint or at, in, a, in a state of stillness. Yes, I know. You must be loving this. I am. But I shouldn't be saying it too loud, should I? Because I, I, am, I am. But it's not for everybody, and I understand that. But isn't that funny that people feel guilty, the ones who feel they're enjoying it? I have a friend who's very famous, and she is having the first time of her whole life by herself writing her own memoir. And it, she's like, I feel bad telling you I'm happy. I was like, excuse me. Introverts are having a birthday party, and extroverts feel like they're in hell. Yeah, true. It's so kind of simple. Mm, very, very true. So I'm like, whoa, I don't have to go out tonight. I don't have to. I can make dinner. I can stay home with my favorite people or hide in my bedroom. And extroverts are like, how much longer? <laughs> true. But I mean, I think also the extroverts are becoming more creative. Like I'm hearing there's so many people doing online uh, virtual dinners, virtual coffees, virtual, you know, uh, aperitif and you know you name it there's they have become very creative it's probably outside of their norm but they have found ways it's true and what a perfect time to be listening to podcasts and to be watching new information about astrology or going online and finding a teacher or my best friend's made a promise that she's going to learn violin so oh. she used discipline i'm so impressed yeah that's that is amazing so deborah for our listeners why don't we probably uh, unpack a little bit about how astrology can change one's life because it can absolutely what happens in the school they come in the very first class and they have to do this elemental survey and we figure out what their missing element is so we might say to somebody in your case you're pretty balanced but let's pretend you didn't have earth so i said to you okay Catherine, your homework this week is you're going to clean out two closets and you're going to make a routine and you're just going to stick to it for this week when you study astrology and then they come back the next week and they're like Wow, you wouldn't believe my house looks like. I can't believe it. That is a simple, teeny little clue of how life can change once you bring in an element and you learn from your chart. Then the next class is they learn about their internal dialogue and where their mindset. And in your case, it's <laughs> yours is so you're as you know, Mercury and Aries conjunct Mars. You have such a strong mental body, and you learn that in that second class. We would break it down in bite-sized bits, very simple, and say, Oh, Catherine, your mind runs in circles. How can we get her to calm down? Oh, I know. Why don't you learn meditation? I bet that's really helped you. Oh, I do that every day. I get up at 4.15 and meditate every single day because I know my mind otherwise is um, goes it's an, on its own tangent. It's so wise. And that's your Saturn, by the way, Catherine. That is the discipline that you have to do that every day at Forrester. Not everyone has that. And that's why you've got this wonderful platform because you are a disciplined, I call them disciples. You're someone who's really doing her work. But so for someone who has a strong Mercury and you find this out in the second class, like what thought process do I have that keeps interrupting or has either it's water, your mind is just dreamy and spacey and can't focus, that's not you. It's earth, you repeat yourself, your mind is very practical and systematic and it thinks about money and ground. It's um, If it's air, your mind is so fast and so speedy, you get lost in cyberspace and forget to pick up your head and get out of that computer. Or if it's in fire, which is yours is, you get so excited, you stick your foot in your mouth and you can't believe how exciting everything is. <laughs> Yes, I know. I actually call that wearing my rose-colored glasses. And I had somebody say that the other day, Catherine, take your rose-colored glasses off and see it for what it is. And I was like, wow, there's so many realities out there. And I, and I get that I've got my rose-colored glasses on. Did you take off your rosy-tinted glasses? No, darling. I hope you did not take them off, did you? No, no of course not. No, no. Okay. 
Just checking. See, Mercury in Aries, good luck trying to tell her what to do. But see, that's the whole point of astrology, letting everyone be who they are. But naming it and saying to your partner, look, I think you're being way too optimistic. I th I'm the voice of reason and you're the voice. But naming it, turning on your observer, that's liberation. That's like kindness. Like, okay, she's got rosy tinted glasses. I don't. I don't understand those. I'm not asking her to take them off. But can you explain that to me? And then she goes, oh, yeah, I'm a Pisces. I believe in dreams. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So I'm curious, Debra, since you've, you know, through your amazing adventure, what has been a one of your greatest lessons learned thus far? And it could be through astrology. One of my greatest lessons was through astrology was my Saturn, again, my most favorite planet, is in the second house. And it took me so many years to figure out what that meant, which is why I teach it so simply, because it just all it took was for me to figure out, oh, I'm supposed to go slow, even though I'm a Gemini. And I have learned to talk slower, to walk slower, to eat slower, to take deep breaths. So once I figured out my life lesson was in the house of Taurus, it changed me. And, it, and ever since then, I have permission to not feel that impulse, the urgency that a Gemini feels, because that's what I am. And I get to govern it and say, excuse me, we made a pact. I'm allowed to slow down. And honestly, it's made my life so much more delicious. I like to be barefoot. I don't get in cars as much. I make sure that I really taste the wine. I make sure that I really walk in the wind. Like I've deliberately, in the name of Taurus, given myself permission to go, mmm, secret sauce. <laughs> I love the way that you explain that because Saturn can be, uh, and that links into my next question, Saturn can be looked upon as a negative thing. I, I find sometimes people look at Saturn as uh, the limit uh, limits you or it's the um, it has a yes. negative connotation. Definitely. That's what I, that's what my whole school's about is reinterpreting that it is, you know, this cause you're born with it. It's exact when you were born, it only happens once a year, Catherine, the sun was at 19 Pisces and Saturn was at 19 Pisces, exactly the same spot. One day a year, they're the same spot. So you are Saturnian and in it's upside I mean, it isn't friendly. He's not like, oh, we're going to go have a party today, eat too much, party too hard, and not have enough money. No, he's like, excuse me, you made a list, you've got a job, and we're going to stay on task. You're like, okay, Saturn, you want to say anything nice? Not till you finish your job. Mm. So is that bad? I feel like that fulfills your soul's purpose. Like, it feels so important to me to be able to answer the question to that which created me, yes, I have fulfilled my promise. That's what Saturn is. He gives you the promise. I, I, see, I don't like that they get mad. I love him, her, it. I love that. So my next question was around Saturn return. So do you want to talk us through that? Because that hits every, what, 27, 28 years? Exactly. 27 to 30 years, you have Saturn comes back to where it was when you were born. And that is the turning point. You don't have to worry about it. Fate will come and get you. She's going to do her job. She'll come back again when you're 58 to 60, 57 to 60. Same thing again. Fate will come in. The second one, you have a little more responsibility to say, I've got enough wisdom now to learn the lesson. The first one, you're supposed to make it kind of bumpity bump because it's a, it's an opportunity to see what you're made out of. Saturn's like the, he's like the fine tuning process. He gives you hard lessons. If you excel, he goes, come with me to the top of the class. If you don't excel, he's like, uh-huh, got some work to do. You can stand over there. <laughs> right. So Saturn return is more um, an awakening? 
It's a task being given to you in the name of marriage, child, end of a marriage, death of a child, something where life stops you in your tracks and requires you to grow up. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So if you um, had to pick a quality that everyone must have, is there a specific quality that you think everyone must own? Well, in my book, the subtitle of my book, The Missing Element, is Compassion for the Human Condition. And that's just all I long for is if only people had compassion. If I had one word to make everybody have to taste and eat it and take pills every day, it would be that they'd wake up in the morning and go, oh, wow, now I get why my neighbor's so grumpy. And it wouldn't be without that that hardship. I wish so much that humans had compassion for others because we're all in this together and we're all goofy. And everybody's slightly effed up. It's just that's how we come. It's the nature of the beast. Mm. It's interesting that you say that because uh, just the not that long ago I saw a video somebody shared with me and uh, it was Madonna who actually said that this whole experience for every single one of us on this planet is the equalizer. And I love the way that she put it because it's true. It doesn't matter who you are, how famous you are, how rich you are, how poor you are. It doesn't matter. It's it's the equalizer. We are all in this together. And even though there is this social distancing, it's actually, if anything's brought people together in some way, shape or form. What are your thoughts around that? Oh, I love that. It's balancing out. It's the equalizer. Um, there's no question. We're all brought to our knees. Look, we don't know where we're going to go from here. We don't know how this even happened to us. We don't even know who's in charge. We don't even know how it got. It's like there's so many mysteries. So we're all going, okay, on your knees, take a deep breath. What can, here's my question every day. What can I do to help? Who can I contribute to? Who can I share with? Who can I make smile? That's all I think about since I was young. Who can I, not at the expense of me, not so that I'm depleted, but so that I'm fulfilled because I know I helped somebody today. Oh, you're so beautiful. I just want to give you a big etheric hug right now. Okay, well, I'm going to take it. Yum, yum. <laughs> so, double Scorpio. It's delicious. Oh, uh, you're gorgeous. So what's one powerful piece of advice for living a fulfilling life, Deborah? Be yourself. Everyone else is taken. You may as well just do you and figure out who you are using astrology or using whatever tool, the human design program or the Enneagram. I don't care what you use. Ask this question. Who am I and what am I here to do? If you take that single prayer, which is what I've done every day in my life, who can I, how can I be more of myself? How can I give more? It will change. Every, I'm not kidding. It sounds so corny and man, I feel like kumbaya, but it's real. Do you have kumbaya in Australia? Yeah, we do. We do. I'm just, I'm smiling because you're so, so down to earth. I just love, I love you and I love the way that you explain things. It's awesome. So Deborah, as we start to wrap up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that descri <laughs> describes her personal brand. What would be that one word for you? I guess it would either be, can I two choose two? It's yeah. either na naked or authentic. My brand. It's like, just kind of, you know what? It doesn't matter. Get undressed. Like strip, like come out, come out wherever you are. I don't care. We see your souls with our eyes closed anyway. You make love with your eyes closed. You don't, it doesn't matter what you look like. It just matters that you're authentically exposing yourself with telling the truth. Mm. And in your 
our humanness, we're going to fall in love with you. You'll disarm everyone once you just tell them, I'm lonely, I'm scared, I'm sad, I'm so excited, I just fell in love, I just had an orgasm, I just got the exciting news, I bought a house, I can't believe I lost everything, I feel so, like those truths, when someone has the courage to speak those truths, life comes into bright, full color. So raw. I love it. Absolutely love it. And the last question as we wrap up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick three shiny golden nuggets for our listeners. So what would be three practical exercises for our audience today? You know, I'm all about lately taking deep breaths and resetting. Every time I remember, I take a deep breath and I reset. I start again. Like, okay, here I am. I'm here now. Here I am. Here and now. Here and now. I look around the room and I just take it in and I just recalibrate into the now. The second one is to be unbelievably grateful. Like you have a pillow and you have hot water in the morning and you have tea and you have wine and you are living, whether you're small life or big life, we are so blessed to be alive. So gratitude, taking a deep breath, gratitude. And then last is just bowing your head. Like, this is a mystery, but I promise you, said the astrologer, God wasn't playing with dice. This is not random. It's beautifully designed from the top down. So, so please remember to bow your head before you eat at the end of me and just say, please forgive me if I forgot to acknowledge that which created me. I'm sorry I got so fast and ahead of myself. Please remind me to breathe, to be grateful, and to bow my head. <sighs> Deborah, so beautiful. I feel very humble right now. Where is the best place for our listeners to find you? Well, I have this funny game called Instagram. I don't even understand it. I'm old, by the way. I'm like twice. <laughs> this is just crazy that I'm that I'm even um, so funny. Um, I'm in, yeah, I'm in my mid sixties. I'm an old person. So well, you don't look it, darling. You look amazing. So I just learned about Instagram. That was a new toy in the last few years. It just started, but I'm loving that. Of course, I have Facebook. And then I have my website, Deborah, D-E-B-R-A, Deborah Silverman Astrology, where you can get my book and I'll mail it to you to Australia and I'll stick the chart in it and you can begin your discovery about these ancient elements that are desperate for us to give them kisses. I love it. And I will have all of those in the show notes. And for our listeners, I highly recommend check out her videos on Instagram. Honestly, they, the way that Deborah describes what's going on uh, in the sky is so beautiful and it's so easy to understand. So, And I know astrology can be quite complex, but she does it so well. So once again, Deborah, thank you so, so much for coming on the show. Thank you for your time, your energy, and your wealth of wisdom. And I'm sure everybody's going to reach out to you. Oh, thank you so much, Mrs. Piano. I'm so glad that you have the courage, Mercury and Mars and Aries, to be so out there and find us, find the people that need to be shared. So thank you for sharing me with your audience. Thank you so very much. Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please share the show with your friends to help us make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes. Or please subscribe to the show. The more subscribers, the better the speakers for the show, which then means more value for you, so that together we can help the world become a better place. Don't give it another thought. Hit the subscribe button and help people get their weekly lessons. 
And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift, where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplanner.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Until next week, wishing you a fabulous day.